truth lies in bedtime stories from See Through News. Series 7 Marcus and Jemima How I deal with people at parties who assume I have children. By George Hinchliffe. <laughs> Episode 5, Further Clarifications. I wonder if, uh, if there's another illustrative story that might illuminate you know, what's true and what's not. Well, of course, one of the aspects of telling a story is that people are often far more invested in the story which has an emotional truth rather than whether something is factual. I've found in my own experience that if I tell people the truth about what I've been doing... Often they don't believe it, even though I can demonstrate that it's true. Whereas if I tell a story that is interesting and not at all true, the listeners are probably more inclined to believe that or want to believe it. Or at any rate, they're more interested in it. And so over time, we'll accept the entertaining story, which has a kind of emotional veracity, rather than the factual story, which doesn't resonate with them at all. So just as with the story that I told to uh, Rupert, he resonated with the story about the children who'd left university and were wanting to get some money out of me. He probably wouldn't have related to the story about owning a car park on some disused building site somewhere, which I was then able to sell for a few quid and uh, go off on a holiday. You know, if, Unless that was his experience, he'd go, well, it sounds a bit peculiar. Selling a car park, well, what's that? Unless it's a huge, great car park in an urban centre, blah, blah. And so, you know, the entertaining story might be the one that resonates more. For example, when I lived in Eckington, um, we had a dog. It wasn't my dog, it was the, my cousin's dog, but the, you know, it was in the family. And I suggested that the cousin enter this dog into a, a dog competition, you know, it was a shaggy dog competition, uh, which was in Eckington at Village Fate. It, the dog was duly entered. There were three judges, you know, after they'd done, done the egg and spoon race and the gymkhana and all that stuff. The first judge said, that is a shaggy dog. And the second judge says, that's a very shaggy dog. And the third judge said, that is without doubt the shaggiest dog I've ever seen. So the dog won the prize for the shaggiest dog in uh, Eckington. Of course, after that result, my cousin was all buoyed up and decided to enter the North Derbyshire shaggy dog competition. And the first judge there said, that's a shaggy dog. And the second judge said, that's a very shaggy dog. And the third judge said, that's the shaggiest dog I've ever seen. So the dog won the competition, North Derbyshire, shaggiest dog. And so then they went on to North of England, shaggy dog competition, first judge. Shaggy dog, second judge, very shaggy dog. Third judge said, that is without a doubt the shaggiest dog I've ever seen. So it won the competition. Rosettes, prizes, <clears throat> trips to Mexico. Oh, lots of things came out of this. And then they entered the dog in the All England shaggy dog competition. And first judge said, 
that's a shaggy dog. The second judge says it's a, a very shaggy dog. And the third judge says that's the shaggiest dog I've ever seen. So it won. So then after that, my cousin entered the dog into the European shaggy dog competition. And the first judge said shaggy dog, second judge, very shaggy dog, third judge, shaggiest dog I've ever seen. It won. All European. Then, of course, one thing led to another. It went on to the worldwide shaggy dog competition. First judge says, shaggy dog, second judge, very shaggy dog, third judge, shaggiest dog I've ever seen, it won. The, the shaggiest dog in the world uh, was then the, the conclusion. And by then, space travel had been getting going, and so the solar system competition came up. Shaggiest dog in the solar system was going to be the title. And indeed, there were three judges, and the first judge said it's a shaggy dog, and the second judge said it's a very shaggy dog, and the third judge said, no, it's the shaggiest dog I've ever seen. So it won that competition. And of course, then they went on to enter the competition for the shaggiest dog in the entire universe. And the first judge said, that is a shaggy dog. The second judge said, it's a, a very shaggy dog. And the third judge says, I'm afraid it's not quite the shaggiest dog I've ever seen. And so my cousin's dog didn't win the competition. But that's a story about a shaggy dog. Is that the same as the shaggy dog story? <laughs> I could say, I could say it is, couldn't I? Well, thank you for clearing that up, George. Are there cases where... Lies can actually be more truthful than truths. Can I go for a pee? Yeah. When he gets back in episode six, Behind the Words, George reveals what he really means. Marcus and Jemima was written by George Hinchliffe, who also composed the series' music. The series was produced and mixed by Sternwriter. The Truth Lies in Bedtime Stories is a see-through news production. See-through news is a non-profit social media network with the goal of speeding up carbon drawdown by helping the inactive become active. For more, visit see-throughnews.org. Thank you for listening.